step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's Ryan Seacrest. I go by the name of Charlemagne the God. Hi, I'm Ellen Kay. Bobby Bones here. Hola, soy Enrique Santos. Access to all of the best free curated playlists. My favorite music. The best songs. A little bit of everything. Access to all of the great podcasts for every interest. The Stuff You Should Know podcast. The Daily Show podcast. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. And best of all, it doesn't cost a thing. Download the absolutely free iHeartRadio app now. Now, your host, Ken Brew, on News Radio 700 WLW. Scott Sloan out, I'm in, and here we go. Happy Wednesday to you. Ash Wednesday. That Tuesday last night, Ash Wednesday today, and here we go as we plow forward into Lent. Lent, what are you giving up for Lent? Better yet, what are you doing for somebody for Lent? I... You know, I'm, I'm a Roman Catholic. I've, I've never really embraced giving something up for Lent. I've always embraced doing something for Lent that may benefit someone, usually does benefit someone or someones, because I think service is more important, really, than something that is personal. But uh, whatever you're doing on this, uh, on this beginning of Lent, good luck to you. As we all know, the culmination leads us into Easter, and that obviously is one of the huge celebratory and Passover celebratory seasons uh, here in the United States. A um, lot going on today. I mean, this, uh, this situation over in Ukraine is boiling over. The war drums are beating in Washington, D.C. We have a lot of neocons that think that this is going to be great. We can take down Putin. We can finally defeat Russia. But at what cost? Russia knows we're not going in with soldiers into Ukraine unless they provoke NATO. And I don't think Putin is stupid enough to to go into a NATO country and provoke NATO. Just don't think he's stupid enough to do that. But he may be. Who knows? You know, there was a missile that went flying into Poland a couple of months ago, and everybody thought Putin shot it. They didn't. It was a Ukrainian missile. Everybody thought, oh, this is it. He's attacking NATO. I'm not sure what we get by going into Ukraine, other than a fight that we probably would have a very difficult time winning. I mean, it's uh, Putin's got people he doesn't care about. He'll throw them into battle. He doesn't care how old they are. He doesn't really care whether or not they come home. And now he's got this new alliance that he's beginning to form with China. And China is the real deal. China is the real deal. Their army, their navy, and their nuclear capabilities... Well, their nuclear capabilities may not be as prolific as what's going on in Russia, what Russia has, but this is the real deal. So the appetite for a war in this country is low. AP just did a poll, I want to say maybe two or three days ago. About a quarter of this country think we should be more involved in the Ukraine. About 15% Republicans think we should be more involved with Ukraine. About 40% of Democrats think we should be more involved militarily in Ukraine. So I, I I don't necessarily think that that would be a wise maneuver for the United States or for NATO to keep poking the bear. But yet we keep poking the bear and seem more concerned about a border that's halfway around the world as opposed to the border that runs along the southern part of our United States. 
And the country continues to be in somewhat of economic upheaval. I mean, I just saw this last week, and it's kind of stunning. Credit card debt in the final three months of 2022, in the final quarter of 2022, credit card balances increased by $61 billion. That's just in one quarter. $61 billion. We are now, as a nation, that is almost carrying $1 trillion in credit card debt. We're at $986 billion in credit card debt as a nation right now. And balances rose 15% over the past year, 7% over that last quarter of 2022. So what's going on here? Why are we carrying so much of this debt, like, honestly, they're doing in Washington, D.C.? And what is it doing to us long term? And is this not really the true indication of where inflation is right now? Not necessarily in a jobs report, not necessarily in unemployment figures, not necessarily in GDP or anything else that might be an economic indicator. It's this, this tidal wave of debt that we're all facing right now that's going to engulf us. Oh, and by the way, credit card interest rates have never been higher. Bankrate.com did a survey on this. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. Ted Rossman is their senior industry analyst. And he joins us now to talk about this, this credit card debt that's engulfing the United States. Ted, how are you on this glorious Wednesday? Doing well. Hope you are, too. I'm doing well. I don't have a lot of credit card debt. So I guess if you don't have a lot of that, it's a good day, right? Yes. Unfortunately, it's been triple trouble lately for credit card borrowers. We see interest rates way up from last year, 19.9% on average now for credit cards. Last year at this time, it was... 16.3. We see more people carrying credit card debt, 46% of cardholders now versus 39% a year ago. And those balances have grown too. The New York Fed just reported this week that total credit card balances have now surpassed their pre-pandemic level. They're at a record high, $986 billion. And uh, that's up about 15% year over year. Uh, a little debt used to be okay. Uh, banks liked a lot of debt. This seems to be going askew for banks and for consumers. I mean, the banks can't be completely happy about this, even at the interest rates they're charging, because a lot of this is, un is, is unsecured debt. They're keeping a close eye on the delinquency and default statistics. Now, so far, mostly so good on that front, at least in the big picture. We're starting to see some trouble at the individual household level, especially people with lower incomes and lower credit scores. I mean, of course, they're the most vulnerable to begin with. Inflation is really especially stressing that group's finances. Delinquencies have been ticking up in recent months. They're still relatively low by historical standards. But I think the fear is, where do they stop? You know, especially right now, we have the lowest unemployment rate and more than a half century. I mean, what if that goes up or what if inflation persists for longer? Um, so the, the banks are feeling okay overall, but they're starting to cut back, especially in certain segments. Yeah, what's the APR now? Just if somebody wanted to go out and get a Visa or a MasterCard or, or, or whatnot, it, it, it's, it's almost ready to kiss 20%. What is it at 19.1% now? Yeah, 19.91 is the national average. The good news is that it is possible to avoid interest for up to 21 months with a balance transfer card. Yeah. This would be my top tip 
for credit card debt payoff is get one of these new cards with a 0% promo. The longest ones last nearly two years, like the Bank America card, the Wells Fargo Reflect, and the City Diamond Preferred. You have to be disciplined about paying it back, of course, because the interest rate goes way up at the end of the term. But to have nearly two years without these hefty interest rates, I think that's a tremendous advantage. And you can't miss a payment. You can't say, well, I'll, I'll double up in May. I'll skip April and double up in May. Uh, that, that's going to take take that whole process right off the board for you, correct? That's right. That would kick you out of the promotion. So, yeah, you definitely need to stay on track. I would note also that the typical minimum payment formula is just 1% of the balance plus interest. Yep. And in this case, there would be no interest for a while. So I, what I suggest is don't add new purchases because that's another thing where they may try to tempt you with a 0% rate on new purchases. It's hard to hit a moving target. I would say just freeze your balance where it is divide by the number of months in your 0% term, try to stick to that level payment plan. It's going to be higher than the minimum payment, but that's the point. Like that's how you make real progress. Minimum payments are a real trap that could keep you in debt for a very long time. Um, in fact, at the national average balance, about $5,800, minimum payments at the average rate would keep you in debt for 17 years and cost you $8,200 in interest. So we definitely want to pay way more than the minimum. They used to tell you that, too. I, I, I don't get statements anymore, uh, and I, I don't carry debt month to month. But they used to tell you that, too, if you just make the minimum payment. Do you remember those old statements? If you just make the minimum payment, and then you looked over here, it's like, holy crow, it's like three times what I borrowed. It was, uh, I don't know if they do that anymore, but it was a really sobering number that I used to get on those monthly statements. Uh, these 0% these, these, uh, transfer balance cards... Is there a maximum you can put on those? And if there is, what is that maximum? It's a good point. It depends on your individual profile, like your credit score and your income. I would ballpark it, though, at around $5,000 is a typical limit. That's actually the roughly the average credit limit for a newly issued card, according to Equifax. So I would say, especially if you owe more than $5,000, you may not be able to move all of your debt, unless maybe you have a really good credit score or a high income, a good alternative in that case might be either a personal loan, where if you have good credit, you could probably get a six or 7% rate over, let's say five, six, seven years. And then that pays off the credit cards. And then you repay that over time at better terms or nonprofit credit counseling can be a good option. Reputable yeah. agencies um, like Money Management International, they, they could probably get you a 6 or 7% rate over about five years, and you don't even need great credit. Yeah, you, and that gives you a little breathing room as opposed to the card, which has 20 mon months if you, have, if, you have, uh, if you have a little discipline problem or if you have some recurring expenses you just have to have, then I guess maybe that long-term loan is better. But the, the, the card, five grand on a 21-month uh, chance to pay it off is a good way to get back up on your feet, no question about it. Uh, Ted Rossman's our guest. Uh, this is Bankrate.com Senior Industry Analyst, and we're talking about credit card debt, which is at an all-time high. I mean, it's crazy. Card balances rose 15% over the past year, 7% over the past quarter. You know, a lot of, of what I guess I'm about to ask is is anecdotal in its search for an answer, but why is it up so much? Are people just having trouble meeting meeting their bills uh, you know, unemployment doesn't seem to be a problem. So one would seem like people are working. 
or is it just the convenience of the card that is driving this total number up? Is there any way to kind of kind of nail that as to the reason why debt is up so much, or is it is it a as you said earlier, kind of a moving target? It's a mix, but I would say inflation is probably public enemy number one. That's what we found from our research, and the New York Fed researchers mentioned that as well. Historically, we found that day-to-day expenses were the second biggest cause of credit card debt. I think lately they're number one. Um, the other one that traditionally we found is actually the largest cause is an emergency expense, some kind of unexpected medical bill or home repair or car repair. I feel like of late, it's been more of an inflation story, but it's all related because, you know, of course, we're paying more for everyday essentials, and that's a big part of it. But even things that may not go on a credit card directly, like your rent, well, then that leaves less money for something else. You know, if you're paying more for housing, then maybe you don't have as much to pay the medical bill or the car repair or the grocery bill, and then that goes on the credit card. So I I feel like it's related. Unfortunately, it's a persistent problem. But the good news is there are strategies like those balance transfer cards and personal loans and nonprofit credit counseling that can help or, or even taking on a side hustle or you know, selling stuff you don't need or cutting your expenses. These are all other levers you could pull. Do you, I, and, and Ted, I know this is this is uh, off topic a little bit, but I it, it, it's been decades. It's probably back to the early 80s for me that I've seen so many mixed signs from this economy. I mean, layoffs are coming, yet there are tremendous, there's tremendous job growth. There are a tremendous amount of job openings. People are spending money, as evidenced here by this, this credit card story we're doing. Uh, I've never seen as many mixed signals about our economy as there are right now, where just about everybody says we seem to be marching towards a recession, if not already in it, but yet the market is flush with cash. Have you ever seen anything like this? There are definitely a lot of oddities, yeah, and I think some of it speaks to that K-shaped economy where basically the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. I mean, certainly some people are faring much better than others, and that's one of the reasons I think we're seeing delinquencies go up the most among people with lower incomes and lower credit scores. I feel like they're getting squeezed the most by inflation. I mean, obviously it's a middle-class problem, too, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But we also see these stats that overall Americans still have a trillion dollars of excess savings that they built up during the pandemic. I mean, yes, it's getting spent down pretty rapidly. The strong job market helps. But there again, even if your wages are up 4%, if inflation is 6 that doesn't feel great. So I think there's also a disconnect sometimes between some of these data points and the feeling. I mean, like we saw recently with retail sales, those sales really popped in January. Some of that is inflation. Some of it, I think, is pent-up demand for things like travel and dining that we're still unleashing. But I, I feel like when you ask people about the economy they probably feel worse than the data would suggest. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that is not an atypical situation either. Uh, Ted Rossman, it's always great catching up with you. He is at bankrate.com. Go there right now, see his analysis 
on this credit card uh, phenomena that is just exploding over the course of the last quarter and the last year. Ted, good stuff. Stay well. We need to hear your voice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, and I think one of the, the, well, the reasons why, obvious, is because during the pandemic, we did a lot of things with credit cards. Couldn't go out and shop. Still, if, even if you go out and try to shop retail right now, you don't see a lot in stores. You might see a small sampling, and what they invariably tell you to do if you go into any of those big box stores is, oh, go to our website. You can see everything there. And so you shop online. The credit card is there. It's easy to do that. If you shop Amazon, it's at your door within hours, certainly within a couple of days. And so we ran the uh, we ran the dole up, and then we get to the gas pump. And what do we do? Well, the price of gasoline was going up. Pay it with a credit card, and all of a sudden, here we are engulfed in this in this debt. And you know, a lot of us just pay the minimum payment each month, and it's a fool's game. It really is because you'll pay upwards of of twice as much as as what your original bill was if you just take that minimum payment every single month and. Um, so there's some ways around it. I hope it works. I hope you're not one of those people that are in that situation. But if you are, at least there's a pathway out. It's coming up on 924. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. News Radio 700 WLW. People have always craved entertainment. In 14th century Scotland, the people would enjoy the Highland Games, which included contests such as tug-of-war, carrying heavy stones, and a particular favorite of the ladies, catapulting husbands. But the sport was rocked when a wife launched a pig disguised as her hubby. The squeals gave it away. Today, we have something better. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. They're very entertaining and rarely toss anything. Eddie and Rocky, this afternoon at 3 on 700 WLW. Think mortgage rates are still super high. Think again. Rates are down to five-month lows. Hey, it's Eddie. Call my friends at Loan Pronto now to see how low rates are. If you're like a lot of people, you have way too much credit card debt and you're getting fleeced with 20% interest charges every month. Or maybe your current home rate is over 6%. You can get a quick, easy refi at Loan Pronto. Wipe out those cards, close in about 14 days, and cut your overall expenses by $500 a month or more. Loan Pronto is doing refis with APRs in the fours. Call now to take advantage of this big rate drop. Get those credit cards down to zero, start that home improvement project, or get out of that 7% loan you were forced into last year. 513-800-1550. That's 513-800-1550. LoanPronto.com. 513-800-1550. Equal housing lender. NMLS 166-1781. Subject to lender approval. The Biden crime family busted again. Coming up. 513-921-2227. Nissan.com. 937 News Radio 700 WLW. I am Ken Brew. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday. So it's not so long ago and not so hard to remember what it was like in this country and, in fact, around the world three years ago. Three years ago, we were just about entering what became the pandemic, the COVID frenzied pandemic. And um, it was a time in this country of great. Um, we were a lot. A lot of us were scared, quite frankly, and I don't mean just you and me, the average people walking around on the street. I think a lot of people in government were scared. I think a lot of people in the medical community were scared because they didn't see anything like this before. 
It was a different kind of virus. And so the information that we were getting back in the late winter and early spring of 2020, a lot of it, quite frankly, was just bad information and inconsistent information. We were told we don't need to wear masks. Remember that? Fauci's first real public utterance on this virus. You don't really need to wear masks. Well, he said that, he later admitted, because he was afraid that the medical community would not have enough masks for themselves to deal with what he thought was this onslaught of COVID. Well, now it's interesting because there is, with time, just about with anything, there is clarifying, if not new information, and there are confessions that are coming forward three years down the road after all of this. The first confession was not, I think, as startling as the second, but the first was that face coverings weren't necessary. And uh, even though the CDC changed course in April of 2020, calling on all Americans, even kids as young as two years old, to put face masks on, now there's a new scientific study. Twelve researchers from universities all around the world suggest that widespread masking may have done little to nothing to curb the transmission of COVID-19. Little to nothing. But yet we were ordered to mask up 39 of the United States eventually enacted mask mandates. But it's even more interesting to see what's happening in the wake of the medical community. Last month, there was a, uh, an article written in a magazine I am totally unfamiliar with. It's called Cell Host and Microbe. And the esteemed Dr. Fauci, who has retired and has begun collecting his very lucrative pension from the federal government. Last month, in that particular journal, Fauci wrote that vaccines against respiratory viruses generally provide, in his words, this is his quote, decidedly suboptimal protection against infection and rarely produce durable, protective immunity. But yet, what were we told to do? Get the vax, get the vax, get the vax. You didn't get the vaccine, you're in the military, you could get booted out. You work for the federal government, you don't get the vaccine, you can be fired. You work for a company that has employees with more than 100, you don't get the vaccination, your company could be fined. Employees would have to get daily, weekly testing. But now here's Fauci. Here he is. Done with the federal government, except the money he's collecting on his pension. And he's saying, basically, yeah, maybe this stuff wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Standing by as someone who probably is as frustrated as I am about this, Todd Furness has written many, many, many things, including a terrific book on how to fix the health care system in this country. And he's kind enough to give us some time here on 700 WLW to talk about these revelations. And Todd, how are you on this glorious Wednesday? I am dandy, Ken. It's good to be with you. It's interesting, isn't it, how, you know, we, we, uh, we put a little time behind us, and all of a sudden we have people coming clean about masking and about vaccines and all that. And I, I wonder, and I understand this country was in a, you know, beaten into a froth over COVID three years ago. And a lot of people were dying, 
dying for various reasons, and some as a direct result of this of this uh, this virus. But it's kind of interesting now to look back in, on three years, hear what we've just learned, and wonder if this had just gone through the vetting process that it needed to go through. I speak of the vaccines. That maybe a lot of this could have been avoided, and a lot of the frenzy that engulfed this country could have been handled in a different way. It's kind of interesting what time gives you, isn't it? It is, and the there's there's there are many reasons to be frustrated. Uh, we are now learning that the way that they were capturing data was wrong, that the COVID uh, instances were wildly exaggerated. In some in some reports, I'm seeing that as many as 90% of the instances were not in fact COVID. We're seeing that if you had COVID when you passed away, they declare that you died from COVID, not with COVID. We know that at one point there were 78% of the people who passed from allegedly having COVID were actually passing because they had uh, complications arising out of morbid obesity. We've now learned that Fauci apparently knew, despite the fact that he mandated vaccination, that the efficacy of the vaccination was limited both in efficacy and in duration of efficacy. And we've now learned that uh, there's no value in masks, and that includes the N95 masks, that there's no scientific support for the conclusion that masks should have been mandated or that they prevent uh, getting or transmitting the disease. And so all these things should inspire great frustration, but also could, should remind us of why things like freedom of the press, uh, how we should have you know an aggressive journalistic press who are looking to really understand what's going on, how limitations and free speech are problematic, how concentrations of power are problematic. Because at the end of the day, what we can see in retrospect was, you know, this was a, a this was a response to a narrative that was not born out of the science at all, but in fact, really to propagate and promote and perpetuate uh, a different perspective on things that are you know, using f for their advantage for one reason or another. Uh, this idea that uh, you know COVID is going to needs to as re our response to COVID needs to shut down the entire economy, schools, and everything else. This was a politicized event. I mean, it's 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 painfully evident now. And it was hung on Trump. And this became the thing that would take Trump down. And uh, unfortunately for you and me and for everybody else, because the press bought into this, the news media bought into this, uh, because big tech bought into this, that there were a lot of other learned voices. And they're beginning to get a lot more play now that the, the skin on the onion has been peeled back. There were a lot of learned voices that disagreed greatly with the direction Fauci was taking this. And the it seems like the, the, the power that was just abdicated to him, and in a, in a, uh, in a lesser sense to his, his, uh, his sidekick, Deborah Burks, the power that was, that was uh, abdicated and given to them was um, really ill-founded. There were other voices that needed to be heard about this, and we never got a chance to hear those voices. And those voices might have led this country in a different direction that would have been more effective in dealing with this, as opposed to what we got and what we know now three years down the road. It was almost conspiratorial. 
Well, and the, and the other problem that we have is that these ideas, because of you know the news kind of has first mover advantage in many of these instances, uh, the reaction publicly and and governmentally is now so embedded in the way that we look at things that is very very difficult to to get out of it. So, for example, Walensky is still saying you need to mask, and they're still saying you need to get vaccinated, and. If you're not a U.S. citizen or a resident of the United States and you're traveling into the United States, you have to be vaccinated and have proof of vaccination in order to get into the country. So well, many people may not be so upset about this. You know, guys like Novak Djokovic, who's pursuing history in tennis to try and, you know, reach a total number of grand slams more than anybody else yeah. in history. Uh, you know, he, he's not going to be able to play in Indian Wells in, in a week's time or play in Miami. I'm not sure you need to be vaccinated when you're coming through the southern border of Texas either. I mean, you, no, no. you could easily get into this country that way. Maybe that's the way Novak Djokovic needs to get into this country is just go down to Mexico and cross the river. Well, the the challenges are, are immense, and when you put all of this energy and all these government regulations and you wrap it around, not only do you have the difficulty of getting out of them, but here's the other problem. Not a single people, not despite trillions of dollars of economic value being destroyed, despite the fact that we have learning loss in kids, despite the, all of the other limitations on our, on our uh, personal freedoms and civil liberties and everything else, there, I, I am here to tell you not a single person will go to jail for this. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, you know, uh, I, I, there will again, be no I, accountability. No, no there, no, there will be no accountability. And, you know, Fauci will probably get a giant book deal, and he's still revered inside Washington, inside the Beltway. He's still viewed as some sort of medical god. And the, the uh, media really doesn't do anything to uh, hold him to any great accountability. This was an interesting article that, you know, that, that was sent in and around what was written in the, this, this journal I've never heard of. But the fact of the matter is, the guy's admitting, he said, you know, we, you know, the effectiveness really wasn't all that great. Well, okay, well, and what were you screaming besides get the vaccine, get the vaccine? And when Trump was suggesting, and some of them were absurd, but others, you know, suggestions about, well, maybe we can treat it this way, he was shouted down. And the people that he, he had surrounded himself with that had differing opinions were shouted down by these uh, these swamp creatures that just happen to have medical degrees. It, it was it was so frustrating to watch this thing and watch people get sick and die when maybe just a little bit different touch would have would have been better. Well, all right, here we are. We're we're three months down the road. You're right. Walensky is still saying to mask up. We know those masks don't do anything. The N95 masks, as good as they are. The microbes that are admitted from somebody that sneezes or coughs with COVID-19 can permeate those things because those things only grasp a certain size of a microbe. The smaller the microbe, the more likely it is to get into that mask. So, I mean, who do you trust at this point? This, this all goes back to trust, doesn't it, Todd? I don't, do, do I trust the CDC? Do I trust the NIH? Biden wants to give all of our health 
direction in this country wants to give it over to the WHO. Uh, that, that's the real that's the real victim here is lack of trust in government agencies that we should trust emphatically. You're exactly right. And, you know, what people don't even realize is that we go all the way down to our billing systems. The medical billing systems are derived from something called ICD-10. ICD-10 ICD stands for the International Classification Diseases, which is a, a mechanism or a database of, of uh, codes developed by the WHO. So one of the things I was wondering in the background when President Trump elected the withdrawal of support from the WHOs, who's going to maintain the database? But, you know, now we're back in, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But the idea that we're allowing concentrations of power like this and mobilizations of government bureaucracy unchecked by either media and, and, and in contrast or, or in support of that, uh, supported by large tech companies who have been acting in concert with the mobilized government machinery, that's really, really a bad thing. And it, you can see the consequences. We'll be, I mean, books and encyclopedia will be written about this, I, I hope, anyway, in uh, coming years. But the problem that we have right now is that we're not reacting to it. You know, we, you've, you know, thankfully brought this to the attention of the public uh, in terms of Fauci's remarks, but was, is the government going to take immediate action and respond? Or, you know, what about the Cochrane study that you mentioned earlier that came out of Oxford that was reported in, this, in today's New York Times? Is, is the government going to backtrack and say, okay, we really don't need masks. We really don't need vaccination proofs to come into the country. How, how long is it going to take to rework the government machinery to get this uh, rectified? Yeah. No, it, well, it, it'll never get rectified. And the, the the fact of the matter is, is there will be something in the next five to ten years that we really need these agencies for. And the lack of trust from this country is going to undermine the the health and welfare of our country when those next situations pop up. And um, I just think it's 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 so sad. You know, we're now on a fourth booster. Everybody now is supposed to get a fourth booster. Well, there's not, they can't give those things away now. I mean, if you're over 65, you have some compromising condition. If you have heart problems, for example, or if you're a cancer patient, of course you're going to do whatever you can to make sure you're protected as well as you can. But the, you know, the under 60 crowd, the under 50 crowd, they've tuned this out, haven't they, Todd? Nobody's paying attention to it anymore. Well, I think that's correct. There's a decreasing appetite for it. But here's the other thing that's come out in the, in the news and in the studies, which is actually the more vaccinations you get, the reduced efficacy such that it actually becomes negative efficacy. In other words, <laughs> your, your immune system can be more susceptible to COVID by virtue of having the, the third, fourth, and fifth vaccine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stunning. It really is. Well, again, um, you know, the New York Times got on the mask story today that they make little to no difference in spreading COVID or preventing someone from getting COVID. But this admission by Fauci that, you know, they kind of knew all along that, quote unquote, the, the vaccines were decidedly suboptical for protection against infections and rarely produced durable protective immunity. Get the vaccine, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. I'm just, it's, it just, it drives, drives me crazy. Todd's book, by the way, is The 60% Solution Rethinking Healthcare. It's available everywhere that books are sold. Todd, thank you. Stay well and we'll visit down the road. Take care, Ken. Thanks for having me. Wear the mask. Don't wear the mask. Yes, wear the mask. Now the mask is, it's worthless. There were some health groups in this, in this city. Where up until maybe 
a month ago you couldn't walk into the into the facility without wearing a mask and and didn't anyone in the medical community stop and think you know this doesn't make sense apparently not 954 Ken Brew for Scott Sloan News Radio 700 WLW I'd heard stories of the man some seemed hard to believe but at the same time I wanted to believe could a man like that really exist I had to hear for myself and I became a believer Bill Cunningham is that man Bill Cunningham today at noon on 700 WLW on the podcast, The Last Soviet, Lance Bass from NSYNC shares his own experiences of astronaut training in Russia. Yes, that's true. And tells the story of the final cosmonaut, a man trapped in space while his nation crumbled to the ground. His name is Sergei Krikalev. He's a Soviet cosmonaut, and he's manning the world's only space station, the pride and joy of the USSR. Listen to The Last Soviet on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready for action? Visit the BetMGM Sportsbook at Great American Ballpark. Can't make it to the sportsbook? Download the Bet at 700 wlw In for Scott Sloan, 1007 today. Great to have you with us. You've been to the grocery store. You know what I'm about to say because you can't go there anymore without walking out. Spending $35, $40, $50. Probably for food that'll last you two or three days. Go in there, try to buy eggs. My gosh, anything really that's fresh is is uh, is an expensive trip. And now we're being told that the price of uh, food is going to keep going up and up and up here in 2023. And why? We're supposed to be lassoing inflation, and honestly, um, we're supposed to be better at shopping than what we were before. But apparently not. Uh, the cost of raw materials like energy, dairy products, and grain, they remain high, even though they've re reached their peaks and have started to recede a little bit. But now I'm seeing a company like Unilever, which makes mayonnaise and uh, many other things, Ben & Jerry's ice cream, they raised their prices by 13% in the final quarter of 2022. That's the eighth quarter in a row that Unilever has raised prices. What's going on here? And is it really and truly inflation, or is there something else at work? Standing by is Bill Dendy, CPA, money manager. He's become a terrific go-to guy for all things like this, but he's a terrific guy, and that's why we go to him anyway. Bill Dendy, how are you on this glorious Wednesday? It is a glorious Wednesday, Ken, unless you've got to go to the grocery store. Oh, my gosh, they got to take out a loan to get there. I don't know. It's so crazy to see the prices having gone up as much as they have. And then we're being warned by companies like Nestle that they're not done raising the prices, that they have some other challenges that just weren't reflected in the price increases they passed on to us. And so they can already foresee that they're going to have to raise prices yet again over this next year. And as soon as they came out with it, being the largest food company out there, uh, everybody piled on. So Heineken came out and uh, uh, Unilever came out and several other companies came out and said the exact same thing, that they haven't raised prices enough yet to be able to maintain their margins because of the higher costs that they're experiencing on other things. Well, that's it. I think a lot of people think, okay, for example, Nestle's, they make uh, chocolate powder or whatever they make or chocolate candy bars or whatever. And they think, well, you know, it, it, you just, you, you make them there. You, you, you were making them there five, 10, 20 years ago. 
they cost this much. Why do they cost more now? And it, it is for what you say. Uh, they have to get they have to get these ingredients in. They have to get these other products in to make their product. And they're paying more on the front end, so we're paying more on the back end. I mean, it's 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 simple economics, is it not? It is, but it's still a shock. <laughs> Having already experienced increases, people very would see it at the grocery store. Yet the big manufacturers are saying they just can't uh, lower the prices. In fact, they're going to have to continue their increase because uh, for many of them, uh, their cost of inputs have gone up. The logistics to transport things have gone up. The uh, energy costs have gone up. And they raise their prices, but not to, enough to meet their additional cost because they're afraid of driving away market share. And people have gotten more picky at the grocery stores, and some of the big names are seeing uh, flight from their uh, name brand product to the, the other brand products. And I think a lot of consumers, maybe for the first time uh, in, in several years, are rethinking their shopping habits uh, to say, you know, do I need the name brand Cheerios or the, are the Toasty O's just as good? Yeah. And if they are just as good at a fraction of the price, uh, maybe this is where I can start saving some money. But oftentimes they find that it's just not the same when they go to a non-name brand item and uh, the consumers are willing to pay more and the test market right now is the big manufacturers don't know how much they can increase without driving away market share. They've done an increase and they're saying they're going to have to do another one to maintain their profit margins. I was told, and again, this is anecdotal, uh, that, that a lot of these off-brands, in other words, you mentioned toasted oats as opposed to Cheerios, you can go into a CVS, a Walmart, and see their brand of over-the-counter medication as opposed to the name brand of over-the-counter medication. I was told that those those private labels or those that private stock as opposed to the big name stock, I was told that they were made by virtually the same companies. It's just their way of marketing their product or their particular store. Um, for example, let's use the toasted O's for, is there, would you, I know you don't work for, uh, whoever makes Cheerios, Kellogg's or whatever. I know you don't work for that company, but somebody has to make those. It would seem to me it's the same disciplines, the same ingredients. Uh, and why wouldn't it be the same company that's just selling that off as a quote unquote private stock label? Is it, is it the same people or are there other, other manufacturers of these goods, goods? Sometimes it is the same manufacturer using uh, maybe uh, second-run items, uh, lower-quality product to uh, meet the, uh, the whole spectrum of consumers that are out there. And they figure, well, the, most people would rather have the best-name brand. Uh, they want, I don't know, it's kind of like when you go to the hardware store, you got the best lumber, but you got the stuff that has knots in it that's still pretty good, mm -hmm. and it does the job, especially if you're going to put it behind a wall. So maybe that second run is, is good enough. Yeah. And oftentimes it is the same manufacturer doing it in the second run items. Many people can't tell the difference. They say, wait, it looks like the same lumber to me. It looks like the taste looks about the same to me. And other people are very, very sensitive that, hey, this is not the same quality. Uh, or maybe it is the same quality, but just trying to meet the spectrum need. But usually there is a little difference, and it's not always the same manufacturer. It seems like the core things that we need at, at a grocery store continue to go up. Eggs, milk, bread. I mean, the core things that everybody use. And I guess in economics, it would be supply-demand. The higher the demand, the or the less the supply, uh, the price is going to go up. It 
it, it seems to me that's where I see the greatest increase in grocery stores. Is is there is there a reason why, other than supply demand, that those core items are going up in price? There have been a lot of reasons given for those increases, and you bring up a good point. Uh, with something like eggs, we have the uh, what they say, the avian flu that caused the chickens to be in short supply, and so we didn't have the laying hens uh, population that we had had in the past. Mm. Plus, we had the logistical challenges. Plus, we had uh, the cost of labor and other increases. Um, because there aren't a whole lot of excellent substitutes for an egg, um, the, the demand is still there, even though the supply has gone down some. And as the supply goes down with the same demand, I have the same number of people chasing a limited number of goods, and that usually causes the prices to go up. Uh, if you have something that has substitutes, uh, it's a lot easier for the consumer to switch from one to another, from one name brand to something else. Um, I, the, if we don't have the Heinz ketchup, uh, is anything else still ketchup? And some people say there's no way. I think that's the name for the ketchup. Others say no, Hunts is much better. But then they've got several other tomato paste delicious sauces that may not be exactly ketchup. Um, but it may be a substitute or people just quit buying that product. Uh, it's not a, as much of a uh, a base necessity in everyday living or cooking. And so it's more substitutable. And so even though you may have a decrease in supply for whatever reason, uh, you, you can see a shift in demand as prices go up to offset. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what the... Finish ahead, it out I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go finish your thought there, Bill. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of what the big manufacturers are toying with, is they really don't know how elastic or inelastic some of these products are. They've got years of consumer buying, uh, much they can raise the price without starting to lose market share. And for certain things where you can go from one brand to another, such as boneless chicken breast, uh, you, you do see the big-name players uh, trying to be cautious on their price increases, maybe taking a little less profit to maintain market share because market share when lost is oftentimes a very hard thing to regain. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, brand loyalty only goes so far. And if you find a private label that, you know, hey, it's kind of like it's chicken is chicken and this is $2 cheaper than this, well, why go back to where you were if you found something that is almost as good? How much is, how much of all of this is, uh, these increases in prices, how much of, of this is just logistics because of getting, uh, something from point A to point B, from manufacturer to consumer, from farm to manufacturer. The price of transportation has gone up. The regulatory uh, issues that they have in California now with trucking are just almost bordering on ridiculous. And we know where the price of fossil fuel is right now, to say nothing of where diesel fuel is right now. I would think a lot of the reason why that the, we've seen these increases go right back to the fact that you know fossil fuel is a bad thing in this country right now, particularly among the group that's in power in Washington. has to be a major reason. Well, it's kind of interesting that um, we see there's a need. We see the high prices. We see some uh, instability elsewhere, uh, yet the thinking is still to uh, uh, avoid fossil fuels. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, I'm a native Texan, and Texan uh, oil and gas, even if we do want to replace it down the road, it's still the key 
I guess in places like Midland, Odessa, it's a key driver of the economy. And 2000, 2001, we had, uh, we had oil prices seek next to nothing, but just as bad, they've skyrocketed back up, and we don't have the expansion in the uh, production or the, or the movement of oil like we did before. Yeah. And so to close down some pipelines and to create uh, a situation where our oil independence might not always be there, that we may need to start buying oil again from overseas and have a very, I guess, challenging geopolitical situation uh, in the world right now, uh, it does create pressure. And when you have prices go up, yes, transportation goes up and oil and gas or oil products, they are bound in so many things. Uh, that are created that uh, you, you see inflation in the system. And if we get that under control, it might help control inflation. I, and I, I guess the new good news about that is inflation seems to slow down, but it's not gone away. No, it's not. I, I We're chatting, by the way, with Bill Dendy, financial strategist. I know no one has an answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If this uh, situation in the Ukraine boils up, and it's boiled up for a year, and, and now it looks like it might get even more intense because of uh, the rhetoric and the involvement of the United States and NATO, China allying with allying now, it's seemingly more with Russia. If that does become a wider conflict, and in essence it does become more of a global war than just a regional conflict, which it is right now, what does that do, in your opinion, to the economy of this country, if indeed we become a wartime economy? It's interesting that war time economies uh, can produce higher stock market prices in many areas. Uh, yet the escalation of the conflict uh, is detrimental to the consumer. The increase in prices, uh, we talked a year ago about how Ukraine was known as the breadbasket of Europe. About 25% of the wheat, grain, barley was produced in that Ukrainian region, as well as some of the uh, key metals were mined in that region, as well as the oil and gas production that we that uh, it has been uh, The escalation means more bottlenecks globally, and even though we're not purchasing the wheat from Europe. Our wheat is now in the global market being priced up as prices go up globally. And because we do purchase in the global market. Uh, and therefore, what we have to pay at home will go, off be, uh, go up because it uh, goes up globally. Um, sorry it dropped off there, but um, it was great having his thoughts on the, uh, the uh, situation at grocery stores around here and what would happen if Indeed, this thing becomes more global than regional. Bill Dendy, financial strategist. It's coming up on 1021 News Radio 700. Ten twenty six News Radio 700 WLW Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. Coming up at 1036, which would be in exactly 10 minutes, aging women in the workforce. And in light of the comments made by Don Lemon on CBS on uh, CNN last week with regards to Nikki Haley, I mean, what a stupid thing to say, first of all. But second of all, it's a uh, you know, uh, it's a uh, it's an issue I think we got to look at in in the in the sense through an eyes of a woman, and we will do that at ten thirty six today. 
Aging men have no idea. Trust me on that one. And I am an aging man. Uh, it is uh, windy out there, but it's warm. A high of 69 today. And uh, nice tonight. I mean, it's, it's going to be probably upper 40s, low 50s for the low tonight. Tomorrow, it's going to be downright beautiful. Sunny and nice, 76. You go eight, eight hours to our north. You go up around... Uh, Wisconsin and Minneapolis, and uh, it's uh, it's a major winter storm. All we're getting is the uh, the residual wind for all this. Anyway, we are at uh, 51 degrees, looking for a high of 69. But as I like to say, whatever high you're looking for, you go right out and grab it. 50, 50, the man said, 51 degrees at the Tri-State Severe Weather Station, News Radio 700, WLW. Went to the Cintas Center last night, watched Xavier play Villanova. Uh, frustrating game to watch if uh, you were a Xavier fan. Very frustrating game to watch. Um, Villanova's Justin Moore is the real deal. Uh, he is healthy again and looked the part last night going 10 of 13. Xavier didn't play well. Their offensive possessions were just, they, they, they weren't crisp. They tried to lob it in far too often, and they wound up losing. A game that, uh, quite frankly, they should have won. Had the ball with um, uh, 10 seconds to go, and uh, unfortunately, it was not the best uh, the best look that uh, Sole Boom had. And uh, he played the full 40, but probably would have loved to have had that last second shot back. 64-63 Villanova. Yeah, Xavier's thin. Uh, they're, you know, they don't have Fremantle. He's out, and... Um, They've got a couple of other guys that uh, would have contributed last night that didn't play. They're still a very good team. I, you know, unless they get get absolutely housed in the uh, Big East tournament, I think this is a team that could be anywhere from a from a five to a seven seed. I think most people have them at a four seed right now. They still got a game with Butler left. They have to go to Providence. That's going to be difficult. But they, they're still a very good team. Very impressed with what they tried to do last night with a thin lineup. But obviously, that last possession was difficult because, number one, um, they had a tired group out there. Um, uh, the, Jack Nungy played a lot. He was a horse last night. But, you know, they, they, were, they were just tired legs out there. And that might have been a reason why Boom could not get the shot off he wanted to get. But it was a fun night. Uh, and as always, Avery does a nice job. We'll we'll see where they go. Uh, UC still very much alive, and they've got some work to do. And part of that work will come tonight, uh, because they're scheduled to play tonight. And uh, you'll hear the game right here on 700 WLW with Dan Horde and uh, Terry Nelson. As college basketball season is now coming down the home stretch. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Selection Sunday, I believe, is two weeks from this Sunday. Is that right? That's amazing. It really is. Tonight, it's uh, Temple at Fifth Third Arena for the UC Bearcats. All right. Straight ahead on the program, bullying in high school. It is a major problem. If your kid's being bullied, what should you do and whom should you hold responsible? And then down the road with the uh, resurgence, it seems like, 
of AI and the more interest and the more different directions it's taking us, should there be someone who is an AI czar? Should your company have an AI czar, knowing that plagiarism and things like that could be a major problem? Up next, though, aging women in the workforce and how stupid Don Lemon really is on 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Not letting Norfolk Southern off the hook. With the 1030 report, um, Rick Uchino breaking now. The head of the EPA says full transparency is the only option in East Palestine, where a train carrying tankers of hazardous chemicals derailed earlier this month. Michael Reagan telling residents yesterday he is not going to let train operator Norfolk Southern off the hook for any of the cleanup. The EPA pledging to hold the rail company responsible for the entire cleanup. Let me also be crystal clear. Norfolk Southern will pay for cleaning up the mess that they created and the trauma that they inflicted on this community. More than two weeks after that toxic train derailment, Norfolk Southern says 4,500 cubic yards of contaminated soil and 1.5 million gallons of contaminated water already have been removed from the site. That is ABC's Mona Kosarabdi. Greater Cincinnati Waterworks says they intend to send the bill for increased water testing in our area over the last week or so to Norfolk Southern. No chemicals were ever found at any time from those samples, but the water intake valves were closed over the weekend just as a precaution. The department says they ran an extra 150 to 200 tests at a cost of as much as $200 each. Let's check the latest traffic and weather together. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health has been delivering heart care to Cincinnati for 200 years by translating the latest science into personalized treatments. Learn more at uchealth.com. Highways are in good shape. I'm not seeing any major problems to deal with. Just watch out for a couple of broken downs in northern Kentucky. One, a truck over on the right shoulder just after you got past 12th Street in the cut. The other on the ramp from Dixie Highway to southbound 75. Chuck Ingram, News Radio 700 WLW. Now the latest forecast from the train heating and cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. We'll see partly cloudy skies throughout the day today. Going to be windy this afternoon, a high of 71. Showers and storms are going to return to the tri-state this evening, but they'll fade once again by midnight. Overnight low drops down to 59, and for your Thursday, partly cloudy. Once again, a high right around 71 degrees. It is 51 right now. The father of Caitlin Markham has waited 11 and a half years to find out who murdered his daughter and says if he has to wait another 11 and a half, then so be it. But he is encouraged that the latest developments in the case could finally be the breakthrough that his family has been waiting for. We've had a lot of ups and downs that it's really hard to take anything, you know, fully for granted. Um, but I do believe this is a this is a great step. Um, at least they've actually taken some legal action on somebody. So it's encouraging very much. Dave Markham on with our Scott Sloan, 35-year-old John Palmerton, a former friend of Caitlin's fiancé, was indicted last Friday for lying to police during the investigation. He's due to be arraigned in Butler County Court this morning. Police say a woman is in serious condition after driving off of an embankment on East Martin Luther King Drive just past Redding Road in Avondale this morning. 39-year-old Latanya Guest lost control of her car, struck a curb, and then went over the embankment, landing 15 feet down onto the street below. Excessive speed and impairment appear to be factors. Cincinnati's police chief pushing back against any accusations that Bengals running back Joe Mixon received special treatment after charges against him were dropped earlier this year. 
The Cincinnati Police Department initially said the charge against Joe Mixon was dismissed because he was a high-profile individual. The case was supposed to be submitted to a supervisor for review. Chief Teresa Fiji says it's standard procedure in any case that attracts a great deal of media attention. And she denies the Bengals running backs getting special treatment. She tells the Inquirer all cases are investigated the same way and there are not different rules for celebrities than there are for the general public. A woman says Mixon pulled a gun on her and threatened her after a road rage incident near the Bengals stadium back in January. And while the charge was initially dropped. The chief says it could be refiled by the city prosecutor who is reviewing new evidence uncovered by police. I'm Brian Combs, News Radio 700 WLW. On Wall Street so far, the Dow down 50 points. The Nasdaq has dropped 40. S&P's lost about 12. Our next update at 11. I'm Rick Uchino, News Radio 700 WLW. Hey, I know what the calendar looks like, but the thermometer says it's spring. Sure feels that way these days. Sloney here for Window City Pros. Regardless, if it's cold outside and hot inside your house and hot inside and cold outside, that means you need new windows. Windy, window City Pros has it covered for you. They have exclusive ProTech windows. Heat Shield technology is there, so they're going to provide the same benefits as triple pane at half the cost, meaning you're going to save up to 40% on your energy bills. And since the windows cost you less, that means less time paying them off. You like that? Schedule your free in-home estimate today and get 150 bucks off every new window you buy, plus low to no monthly payments and free installation. Now restrictions, of course, apply. Call Chad and his team at 513-757-8444. 513-757-8444. They're going to get you a free in-home estimate. WindowCityPros.com if you want to see the work they do. Go with the pros. Window City Pros. A once-in-a-lifetime liquidation sales event is going... Great to have you with us. So Don Lemon is a uh, news anchor at CNN. I point that out because not many people watch CNN anymore. And he used to have a show in the evening, and that did not do well in the ratings. So they, quote-unquote, reassigned him to a morning show. He does their morning show, which, again, is not having a lot of success. But in any event, um, he was and has been someone who was given to, at times, bizarre comments and bizarre behavior. I think that would be... That would be kind in describing this guy. So last week, I want to say it was on Thursday, after Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, former ambassador to the United Nations under Donald Trump, announced that she was going to run for the uh, GOP nomination for president. Uh, On that morning show, Don Lemon, who, by the way, sits with two female co-anchors, said that Haley who recently turned 51, quote, isn't in her prime, end quote, and um, made reference to the fact that she was, she was old. And um, it drew great response all over social media. It really drew some looks of disbelief from his two co-anchors, and it drew what appears to be a suspension from CNN, And he now is going to undergo, quote-unquote, formal training, whatever that may be, to, uh, I guess, rehabilitate the way he thinks about people, older people, older women. It was just a stupid thing to say. I think anybody that that has a modicum of sense about where we are as a society right now knows that 51 in 2023 is nowhere like 51 was like in 1943. We're living longer. We're doing more things. We're more productive as we get older. And, oh, by the way, we're probably a hell of a lot smarter than what we were when we were 23. But he made the comment, and he made it um, about Haley. 
And it just reeked not only of ageism, but sexism. And it led to the conversation about how difficult it is in a lot of businesses for women who, 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 uh, who age as opposed to men who age. And I thought it'd be good to get somebody on to address this because, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Lemon said something that a lot of people think. I hope not. But just in case he did, here now is Teresa Lusk. She has a master's in professional counseling, author of many books, life coach, and uh, someone that knows about uh, this kind of thing very well. Teresa, how are you on this glorious Wednesday? Good morning, Ken. It is great to be on. It's a wonderful day today. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I don't know if you saw these comments that uh, Don Lemon made. I don't know if they're comments that you've heard before. Uh, the first thing that struck me was what a stupid thing to say on a number of different levels, whether it's ageism or sexism. I just, I, I don't know why people would say something like that. I'm just wondering, do you think a lot of people think that? I don't think a lot of people think that. I just think it was a reflection of his own heart. Uh, I think that it came out exactly what he believes. I think it's interesting that they're going to send him to sexism training. Uh, but And he, he came out to apologize right away, Ken. But the thing is that you can apologize. It doesn't mean that you've had a transformation in your thinking. That's actually a process. Yeah. So I think absolutely what he said was, ridiculous it was comical but it is uh but even though it's not i don't believe it's everybody's there are plenty of people who still believe uh in that manner but nikki haley is young she's 51 a lot of women let me tell you the women's prime is when she says i'm in my prime uh she decides <laughs> 51 is young and she decides when her prime is Ken. <laughs> hey, right. if, if 51 is is past your prime um, I'm ready to be put out to, I was ready to be put out to pasture about 20 years ago. So I, I just, exactly. I just, I, I found it comical, but I also know that it is, it is difficult, more difficult for women in the aging process than it is for men in the aging process. I worked for 45 years in local television and I can tell you that it is, it, it, that, that is a, that is a very unforgiving business for women who are older as opposed to men who are older. And I doubt that that it, although that's a, a more visible uh, profession than some, simply because of, of the, the things that we expect in our society. Am I going down the wrong road here or is it just my personal experience? No, you, you hit it. It is absolutely harder for females. And you know, it's interesting because it's not just and only the, the females, the women who are getting older, even the younger ones, there's so much pressure to look good, Ken. It, there's so much pressure to look good. If you look at social media, you look at all the ads, you look at the things that we're being bombarded with. Everything is look better. Contour your face in a way that yeah. you will not look like you. You know, do the tummy tug. Increase the boobs. You know, th things of that nature. And so they witness it all the time. I witness it all the time on how it is. Uh, that way for for women, men when they start aging, we start praising them. Look at that gray, gray hair in a man. Invariably, at least in my business, it was a hundred dollar haircut on a fifty cent brain. So I'm not sure that hair would be a, <laughs> a great indication. But I did find this interesting. Only a problem outside of the person who might be aging, but also inside. There's a real confidence problem too with somebody that might say, "Well, you know, I'm 55. I don't know if this company would want to hire me." Um, I'm only going to have so many years to give them as opposed to being a little empowered by the life that they've led that makes. So um, it very much uh, does cause some uh, fear 
uh, that they will lose a job, that they won't be able to uh, get the next job? Uh, will they be included as they used to be? That, that also plays a part. So, Ken, there are a lot of things revolving this topic. But it's going back to um, social media really does play a part. I don't mean to keep putting all the pressure on social media, but it actually does, especially for women, because what we are, I mean, there's just a constant, hey, look, you know, get your lips a little plumpier. And you're constantly looking at that, thinking about that. And while women do look. Why that's the case. Well, I mean, follow the money. You can always follow the money. But Mm -hmm. I say this, Ken, at the end of the day, I encourage women you um, are you still looking to the future for great things if you don't have those things you will fall to the pressure you will fall to the social media see diamonds that have the fire at your average mall store or chain store or smaller independent because they don't have the access worldwide like Genesis diamonds does our diamonds light performance character and explosive brilliance is barn on the best your money can buy don't compromise with a diamond that just looks good on paper get a diamond that reflects your love in iHeartRadio. access to all of your favorite radio stations it's Ryan Seacrest I go by the name of Charlemagne the God I am Ellen Kay Bobby Bones here hola soy Enrique Access to all of the best free curated playlists. My favorite music. The best songs. A little bit of everything. Access to all the great podcasts for every interest. The Stuff You Should Know podcast. The Daily Show podcast. The Herd with Ken Brew on News Radio 700 WLW. It's 11.06 and good morning. Hope you're having a wonderful day. It's Wednesday. Look at it this way. A couple of more days. We're at the weekend and all will be fine. Uh, but again, stand by for those that uh, wind advisor is going into effect like at this hour um, that a lot of schools have. And it may be a product of a school's inability to handle the problem. It just may be a problem of aging. It, uh, the girl was beaten with a water bottle at school for several days and then bullied and beaten by four other students. And then she wound up taking her own life. The school board, the uh, biggest problems a parent will face if his or her student it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, his or her child is being bullied at school. Uh, but I, I sense it's more prevalent. state that we have to be in right now. We have to look at ways uh, to resolve these issues. We're talking about 32% said about this 14-year-old. My God, how could they have dealt with this in a way that would have been um, able to prevent her responsible for? It's not just about people from the outside coming in, but what's actually happening inside the schools that are also taking lives. Maybe didn't have their antenna up as well. I mean, you have to be really uh, tuned into what's going on in your child's life uh, and make sure that you know just about everything that in a 14-year-old's life, you have have to know everything that's going on inside uh, that kid's life. So uh, maybe the parents didn't have their antenna up all that much. Uh, So the child, your child can feel comfortable uh, trusting you. And so we should always have opportunities to take uh, to talk about the small stuff and then the important stuff come out. And, of course, if you see 
uh, your child who's depressed, who's isolating themselves, uh, who's not eating, uh, those are red flags. You have to be able to address uh, what's going on. Talk to the child, go to the school, talk to the counselors. We need to be able to have the right kind of counselors who are really educated in this area. And then, of course, other students. If you see someone sitting alone who looks upset and depressed or isolating themselves, or somebody who's changed the way they're presenting themselves, go up to that person and maybe save their lives in the future. So all these, and, and of course, we need to have mental health facilities available, and we need to be able to provide with even their personal lives. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the most bullied kids are the ones that have parents that have lower than a $35,000 income, and the ones that have parents that have $75,000 or more are less bullied. Would you believe this? Mm. I didn't. I didn't know it cut it cut across the, the economic uh, strata, but I I, yeah. I I guess it does. But here, the other thing too is, and um, we we're seeing evidence of this all the time now. When when a child is bullied, and there's various ways for that child to um, to react to that bullying. Unfortunately, in this case, in New Jersey, the the child took her own life. Uh, that child could turn around and become a, a major problem to other kids. They'll internalize it to a point where they just explode. And you, it, we may find that, uh, unfortunately, as these school shootings become more and more prevalent, a lot, a lot of the, the kids that are pulling the trigger at ages 16, 17, and 18 were kids that were bullied or felt that they were alone and had no other way to manifest the, what was going on inside them except for being a problem for other people. Um, that's why mental health counseling is so important. And I think, I, I, again, my children are not of school age anymore, but I just think it is just something that is either underfunded, underappreciated, or there's a lack of attention being paid to it. Again, pull me back here, doctor, if I'm walking down the wrong road. No, you're absolutely right. You know, if a child is being bullied and they go to the counselor, or they go to the principal and they don't do anything about it, where should they really go? You know, is the police the, the next person? I guess it is. We have to take uh, measures uh, to protect our children, and our children have to know what they have to do. But we have to be educated. It's very important that the teachers educate students in groups and formal classes on what to do and how to behave, and even the staff needs to be educated. As I said before, the counselors themselves are not effective. They're not following through. Uh, they're letting these kids go ahead and fend for themselves. So they need to be much more educated, and that's where it starts. And in the future, what needs to be looked for and how to reassess what's going on to take tougher measures for these kids that are bullying. So you're right. Bullies are the ones that are damaged and they're hurt and they are the ones that are isolated or rejected. So they find a, a target. They find a person who's more vulnerable than they are. Yep. An easy target yep. to go ahead and to feel better about themselves. We're chatting with Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She is the author of the book, Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. And uh, also, What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional woman in a, of the professional woman in a relationship. You know, doctor, 
um, I, I, I think that parents need to be more involved, and this is a generalization, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a broad brush here, need to be more involved in the people that are responsible for the education of their kids, people that are responsible for driving their kids on a school bus from their home to the school, and once they're in the school, what occurs inside the school. And that's everything from what's being taught to the safety of the child inside the school. You know, are, is, is the building safe from an intruder, somebody that wants to do harm with a gun? How safe is it? Are the windows bulletproof? Do you have only one entrance in? Uh, and in this case, what goes on inside that school in terms of what we're talking about bullying? I think parents need to be more involved, and I think they need to, to, to hold the people that look for their vote for these seats on the Board of Education or a superintendent that's getting um, paid a fairly good salary to over oversee all of the schools in his system, they need to hold these people accountable. You know, we're out here in Cincinnati. We're not one big city. We're, 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 a, we're, we're towns that make up a very big city, and we all have our individual schools and our individual school systems, and they're always looking for money. They're always coming to you looking for money for this or for that. But rather than just writing a blank check to a school or giving them a vote, I think you need to be more involved in this. I don't think Merrick Garland is going to come to your house and arrest you if you call your school, if you call your superintendent or, or ask somebody on the Board of Education, hey, what's going on inside that school with regards to bullying? Hey, what's going on at that school to make that building safe so they don't face an intruder? Uh, this should be a great empowering moment, I think, for parents everywhere. Your thoughts? Well, you're right. Now, there are parents who work and they don't have the type type of time to go ahead and to get involved but to know the teacher uh, is to know what your child will be bringing home and how your child will develop and we're talking about friends as well how about knowing who your children's friends are and getting phone numbers and talking to the parents because they also are extremely effective TikTok is another thing that the kids listen to. I have a child that came to see me, a patient, uh, who was on Benadryl because he saw on TikTok that if you take Benadryl, you could get a high. Oh. It didn't tell you it could kill you as well. So uh, we took care of that. They even have something that they challenge hanging yourself. and uh, it's, it's ridiculous the things that they, these kids who want to be part of their contemporaries and to fit in the things that they'll do. And the yes, when we have to know who the parents are in high school, uh, the, uh, who the teachers are, uh, they do not want to communicate with the parents. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. There's a cutoff time. Elementary school, you can do that. Middle school, sometimes. But what about having uh, a rapport and classes uh, with the parents, what to look for, how to reenact? How about finding out, as you said, who are these teachers actually? What is their philosophy? How much time do they spend on mental health and a sense of well-being? Isn't that the most important part, really, yes. of growing into adulthood? Yes. Your confidence, uh, what is right and what is wrong, what is mentally healthy? We don't have that. Yeah. We learn to memorize, but we don't learn about confidence and who we should be able to support and who we need to reject because sometimes when you go to someone to help you, uh, they are the people that are the least effective. So you have to learn how to stand up 
for yourself and what you have to do. And if someone's bullying you, being nice to that person, by the way, that's what they teach you in school. Be nice to that person. No, you don't always have the time to be nice to that person. You have to make that person feel that you're empowered and they're going to have a consequence. You can't often wait, and this is the sad part society has changed today. You cannot wait for the principal or the counselor to rescue you. You have to rescue yourself. You don't have that kind of time. So we need to toughen up our kids. We need to teach them what it means to be empowered so that bully doesn't target you to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And stop treating school like it's a daycare facility. Be involved. Uh, Dr. Freebon, uh, Dr. Bourbon, where can people find you? At what point? Where? Because you, I mean, you just, you, you talk a lot of sense here. I think people, particularly parents, are, are going to want to get a hold of you. How can they find you? Yeah, this is not a free ride. You have kids, you need to be responsible, yeah. whether they're within your physical site or not. My website is drfrieda.com. Beautiful. Uh, thank you for your time. Stay well. I, we'll visit again. It's it, it's been always far too long in between visits here yes, and the last time, absolutely. but we'll visit again. Stay well. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Be well. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, if 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 you got if parents have to have their antenna up on this stuff. They really do, and they have to see changes in behavioral status. And you gotta you gotta hold you gotta hold these schools accountable. They're begging. They're they're coming after you for all kinds of levies and monies for this and a new building and more teachers. Well, and that's fine, but where's your money going? What happens to your kid when your kid goes to a school? Most families, the child's away from the family for the majority of the day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I would think you'd want to be a little more involved than... What apparently, what occurred here in this New Jersey school system, the superintendent looked like a complete knucklehead, but it also looks like the parents didn't have their antenna up very well either. It's 1124. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan, News Radio 700 WLW. When the fear of a mediocre morning grips the tri-state, please, Mike McConnell, help! Mighty Mike McConnell swoops into action. Clad in a golden suit designed to accentuate his morning muscles. Looking good. Mike mans his microphone of brilliance and vanquishes bland broadcasting with the latest news, weather, traffic, sports, investment news, and his superior McConnell wit. A healthy dose of F-U-N. Mike McConnell, he makes your morning super. Tomorrow morning at 5 on 700 WLW. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a... 1138 News Radio 700 WLW. Welcome back. I am Ken Brew. Scott's off today. He's back in tomorrow. So you probably heard about ChatGPT. ChatGPT. It is uh, AI, artificial intelligence. 
And it's uh, making a big splash because uh, a lot of people in academia are afraid that it will lead to either plagiarism or just uh, flat out ripping off somebody else's thoughts. It all depends on what was programmed into GPT than uh, what it actually spits out. I mean, you can only program so much, but you could you can almost see where this is going. Uh, more and more robotics are taking over all kinds of workplaces, the assembly line, certainly in medicine and surgery, robotic medicine is 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 huge now. But where where is chat GPT taking us? And in particular, where is it taking the workforce? Would you be comfortable with a robot being your voice? According to a report, 70 percent of us are using some sort of AI in our lives, you know, Alexa, Siri, whatever it may be. But it turns out a lot of workers in this uh, report think that AI will make their personal and professional lives a lot better. So being that, being that that is the case and certainly understanding that chat GPT is probably just the tip of the iceberg with all of this AI, would it not make sense if you run a company to have some sort of AI czar inside your company? You know, cyber supervisor. Standing by to weigh in on this is somebody that knows how to run a business. Joel Patterson has run many. In fact, he heads up a group called the Vested Group, and uh, they're lined up out the door and down the street to work for Joel. And he joins us here now on 700 WLW to talk about cyber supervisors. Uh, Joel, how are you on this glorious Wednesday? I am doing well, Ken. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Do you have uh, a robot uh, bossing you around at the Vested Group? I do not yet, but I am working on it. And and I'll tell you if if uh, if you haven't found a way to leverage ChatGPT in your business, you're already behind. Uh, it, it's it's not. It, it really has gotten to the point where just about any industry could leverage the capabilities, even if it's just something as simple as doing some of the mundane things that you have to do on a daily basis. Uh, personally, we're we're using it very heavily in our marketing department. Because uh, it allows you to take, say, five articles and upload it and summarize it all with with information that is is new and and current. Now it's a draft, right? It's not like you can just automatically start using all this stuff day one, mm -hmm. but it sure gets rid of those those emails and things that you hate writing that you have to write over and over again. Mm -hmm. You can make quick work of that stuff. Okay, so I'm I'm looking here on this list is how and you mentioned some of them of how it can make an employee's uh, job better or a manager's job better, setting goals, tracking progress, uh, generating performance evaluations, which I always found when I had to do those things, it was just they were just tedious and time-consuming, but it can assist in generating performance evaluations, providing a clear and detailed overview of an employee's performance. This sounds like a, a, a tool that can be used to streamline a lot of the things that consume time on task at a job. Am I right here? You are, and I think that's a great example. Uh, think about when you've given a review. It's not very fun usually to put those those together because a lot of times it's just wordsmithing and figuring out the right way to communicate it. That's not going to upset anyone and is encouraging and you know does the things it needs to do. Well, you could just type in a few bullet points into ChatGPT of what you think. Just just words on the screen. Don't have to worry about what it actually sounds like, and then let ChatGPT rewrite that for you. So you're still doing the work of the human that, you know, somebody has got to be able to make decisions and interact with people. But, wow, not having to sit there and really think through 
uh, the, the appropriate way, because you could even say, write this review in such a way that a five-year-old can understand it. And it will change the tone and tenor of that, of that email. And, uh, and, and you'd be shocked at how much time that that can save yeah. you all by itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've done performance reviews for some people that had the emotional level of a five-year-old. So, yeah, that would, uh, that would be great. But, you know, Joel, it's, uh, it's interesting. The information that's going into chat GPT, where is it coming from? Somebody has to put the information in. It's not chat GPT is only as good as what's put into it. Where is that coming from? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on ChatGPT by any stretch, but I, I have spent quite a bit of time with it now. And, and you know, they're releasing the, the data model updates over time. So, like, when this thing was first released in, in uh, November, they were using a data model, I believe it was from, like, 2017. It might have been 2019, but it was, it was previous. It didn't know anything about COVID, as an example. Sure. But as they have updated things, it's more and more with live data, and how it works is the amazing part of it, right? I, I don't know. I don't know how it, it yeah. pulls all that data in, but when it's generating content, that content is not stolen from somewhere else. It's it's generated at that moment. Um, you can do things, when you, I, we did one the other day where we said, hey, explain this to me or rewrite this, summarize this article and, and repeat it to me in the tone or, or voice of Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. And it will do that. Uh, and it's and it's a remarkable how accurate it seems. If Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction was actually communicating that article, uh, it, it's really limitless. <laughs> how many f bombs were in it? <laughs> At least four. <laughs> but there's a. I, I mean, I understand. Look, hey, this is where we're going. We're going to AI, and anybody, as you say, that doesn't embrace the concept is. Is it is behind the eight ball? And any company that's not using Chat GPT at this point is is really giving ground to their competitors. But there, there are things that could go wrong. And the, the one thing I worry about, and uh, I think it's part of where we are with social media today, and if this is the next step, is it's, 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 it's lack of nuance. It's lack of, you know, body language. It's, it's lack of just what really is behind the words. How do, you get, how do you get through that? For example, I mean, you, let's say you're, do, again, doing a performance review, and let's say you use Samuel L. Jackson to do a perform, his voice and his intonation to do a performance review. Uh, that could be a problem because people are wondering, you know, what the hell am I listening to, listening to here? Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's a tool. People have to view that this is just another tool in the, in, the, in the kit that you have available to you. You can't just say, all right, well, this thing knows everything, so it's always going to make good decisions. It doesn't understand context. Uh, you can teach it some context, but at the end of the day, it's not a person. Sure. It can't, it, it's not necessarily going to be able to make decisions with right and wrong. And so people, they, they've got to, again, look at it as a tool, a very valuable tool that they can, if they really invest in learning how to interact with it, how to ask the questions, how to feed it information. I mean, there's this is free too. So if people don't realize it, they can go out there, sign up, and do this all they want. It's actually pretty entertaining. It's one of the few times where technology can be fun for everybody because a lot of times people tune out, right? Yeah. Um, but you've got to look at it as just another step. I mean, you, we've been using this stuff forever. If you think back to spell check and Grammarly, I mean, it's all similar technologies. And and if we've just got to get on board and figure out, all right, how do we leverage this? in a way that makes sense to our personal and professional lives. 
but again, looking at it as just another input to what we've got to figure out on our own. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you well know there's great concern inside of academia about uh, plagiarism and whatnot, and I would think that that could be a problem, too, in businesses. Got to be careful. And confidentiality, too. You don't want any proprietary information getting out where anybody can access it, let alone everybody that has access to chat GPT. So it's great that you have it, but you, it's not like you can just plug and go. You've, you've got to ride herd on this thing, right? Absolutely, yeah. You, you've got to be an adult about it because it can still give, give you some bias and give you bad information. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that are actively trying to, to, to get it to mess up. So it, it, you can do that. Um, but if you, if you just take a little bit of a reasonableness test when you, when you consider what it outputs, then I think you'll find that most of the information is pretty useful. So, we're, I, and again, you would have to be, uh, we're chatting with Joel Patterson. Joel's a, always a great guest. He's with the Vested Group. He understands the workplace and how it operates, just not for management, but for the rank and file and the people that get down and get dirty and get the work done. I just, uh, you would have to be, some sort of uh, soothsayer, some sort of psychic to know where all of this is going. I fear, I, I keep coming back to the movie The Terminator, but I fear that, uh, that we're getting to a point where all of, this, the, all of these robotics and all of this AI is wonderful, but I, I, I fear like that these, these robots and this artificial intelligence may really disrupt the workforce to a point where jobs are being eliminated. I, I, I know you can't put toothpaste back in the tube, but I, I just don't know where all of this is going. You sound like you think it's a good direction. Is it a good direction we're going on with all this? You know, there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me that, that, that discuss that pretty intensely. I just look at it like there, it is inevitable. And, and I, we've got to embrace it and figure out how to make it work for us and how to get those potential risks off the table. Um, but I, I just look at it like it's the next evolution. You know, you think about electric cars or you think about an iPad. I still, I still am blown away that I can lay in bed at night with a, this little thin monitor and order any movie in the world. Mm. Uh, 20 years ago, we couldn't do that. That was just in, in movies. So uh, whatever we want to do with it, whether we like it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be there. So no. let's figure out a way to, to make it work for us. Yeah. Amen. And it's free, right? Chat GPT is free. Why would they not it's charge free. for something? Sometimes Why wouldn't the people charge to, that that came up with this charge money for it? They're starting to. Uh, actually, oh. it's, it's the, the, the the struggle now is actually getting access because it's it's overloaded a lot of the time. And so there is a paid version. I think it's like twenty bucks a month that gives you in, immediate access. So they're starting to monetize it, but it's coming. I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah. It is it is fascinating if you spend any time on it, just what it can do and what it can't do, and you, you could just see that it's 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 the tip of the iceberg as to what this is is going to be all about. Uh, Joel, you can find Joel at thevested.com, T H E V E S T E D, thevested.com. Always great catching up with you. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Stay well. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. You do the same. Yeah, I mean, it's remember the movie The Terminator. Yeah, I mean, things kind of got out of control. And not that this is any way in any shape or form like that, although who knows, once you get into the deep state and you get into what the government may or may not be up to, whether or not that stuff may be going on. Academia is very concerned about it because, let's say you're assigned to write an essay on the Ukraine. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I mean, kids, young adults being who they are, they're going to look at the easiest way to get something done and... Uh, it would be funny if you had an entire classroom all going to chat GPT and see how many of those essays look the same if, if that's the way it happens. But the, the, the other thing that, that concerns me about it is it can really lead to some problems with confidentiality, confidentiality and transparency. Uh, chat GPT does not provide any transparency on how it generates responses. If you go into chat GPT, somebody did this. I'm not sure if it was corrected, but about a week ago I read where somebody went in and said, give me four paragraphs on Joe Biden. And out, out came this glowing description of what Joe Biden is, making no mention of his cognitive issues nor of his propensity to spend your money and my money like he was printing it in the White House. And then it says, Give me four paragraphs on Donald Trump, and it was hardly four paragraphs, and it was not very complimentary. So you've got to you've you've got to wonder where is the information that goes into this coming from. But it's not we're not marching back; we're marching forward. And for now, at least, a lot of it is free. And uh, time I've spent on it, it is entertaining, but frightening in another sense. It's 1151. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan, News Radio 700 WLW. Hey kids, it's time for another story from Uncle Willie's Big Book of Great Americans. Today, it's Forrest P. Gill. He was a screen printer in Kansas City. In the 1940s, he found himself with a surplus of two wartime technologies, an adhesive back paper and fluorescent paint. He combined the two, and the bumper sticker was born. So the next time, kids, you slap a bumper sticker on your car bragging about your honor roll child, thank Forrest P. Gill, a great American like me. You can be a great American, too. Listen to Bill Cunningham today at 12 noon on 700 WLW. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversation. Ah, you gotta love techno. 1154, Ken Brew for Scott Sloan. Scott's back tomorrow. Willie is in at the top of the hour, and all hell breaks loose. Uh, Dave Young will be one of his guests. I'm sure there's much, much more to what Willie has planned as well. It is always a fun time. That's uh, all coming up after the news at 12 o'clock here on 700 WLW. So there's a couple of things to keep an eye on today as we press forward. One is what's transpiring between Ukraine and Russia and an alliance now that Russia is forming with China. This is bad news for the western half of the hemisphere. It's bad news for the United States on a number of different levels. But there are those in Washington, D.C. that want war. We know who they are. They're senators, both sides of the aisle. They want war. president seems hell-bent on war. Uh, maybe it's because the economy here isn't doing well, wartime economy. A lot of times the stock market does well during a war environment. 
But you don't want it, and I don't want it. In fact, I cited earlier today, and I'll cite it again, a poll by the Associated Press that shows overall that a quarter of us, 26% of Americans, now say the U.S. should have a major role in what's going on in the Ukraine-Russia conflict. What does that mean? 74% of us don't. And the majority of Republicans don't. And quite frankly, the majority of Democrats don't. 40% of Democrats want this thing kicked up a notch. 17% Republicans do. Nobody voted for this. Nobody voted for this open checkbook to Ukraine. But there it is. Here's some money. Here you go. Zelensky, here's some more. You want more? You want another half billion more? Here you go. No accounting for what that money does. Nobody, there's, there's no accountants, there's no bookkeepers. It's just an open checkbook, and it's your money and it's my money. And to what? To what end? What happens if, if indeed Ukraine is successful? What happens then? Are we going to get in nation building once again? We're going to rebuild Ukraine? We're going to, you know, Ukraine defeats Russia. We're going to rebuild Russia. How much money is that going to cost? And on and on it goes. But the war drums are beating in Washington. The other thing to keep your eye on today, and I, this is a very convoluted thing, but, but the Supreme Court, is taking on the internet and it is going there's a case before it that the supreme court is looking at and it uh, it involves facebook twitter and youtube and the bottom line is that if the um if the uh, court rules against facebook twitter and youtube this section 230 of the federal communications decency act i'm not going to bore you with that but this Section 230 of that act protects Facebook and Twitter and YouTube to the extent that they can basically allow any content on their platforms regardless of its merit or its liability. And it is subject only to the censors that it employs as a private business. And so the Supreme Court yesterday was very active. It heard a case yesterday because these companies have been shielded from liability on the Internet, and they grew into the giants they are today at the expense of free speech. And now today they're looking at another case. Uh, all three of those, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, are being sued over a 2017 Islamic State group that attacked a Turkish nightclub based on the argument that the platforms assisted in fueling the growth of terrorist organizations. That's what the Supreme Court is hearing right now. Section 230 is the key. And if that thing is ruled unconstitutional or shot down, then Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, as we know it, have to get a hell of a lot more fair in the way they treat everybody. And I don't know anybody, Republican, Democrat, you, me, rich, poor, who wouldn't want that. A lot of this stuff is completely out of control. We'll see what the court rules. They often disappoint. It's 11.58 and 33 seconds. Ken Brew for Scott Sloan News Radio 700 WLW. This is the Bearcat Report, brought to you in part by Auction Gas, the law offices of Stephen R. Adams, and the independent electrical contractors of Greater Cincinnati. Now, here are Dan Horde and UC's head coach, Wes Miller, on the home of the Bearcats, 700 WLW. Dan Horde of Bearcats head coach, Wes Miller. UC hosts Temple tonight, and the Owls have defeated the Bearcats three straight times over the last two seasons. 
Damian Dunn is a big reason why the six foot five guard has averaged 13 points in the three-game winning streak against UC. He was as good as any guard in our league last year. He can make contested shots from three. He shoots it really well from the mid-range. But he does so much damage, you know, putting his body on you and getting within five or six feet, trawling fouls, getting angles, scoring over the top of the defense. Um, man, he presents a lot of problems. He's quick, so you put a bigger guy on him and he can kind of slither by him. He's big and strong, so you put a smaller guy and he kind of shoots over the top. You know, and he's obviously very physical. Tonight's game tips off at 7 o'clock. Our pregame coverage starts at 6.30 on News Radio 700 WLW. You've been listening to the Bearcat Report on the home of the Bearcats, 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Bullets found at a local high school and now a person of interest is on the loose. With the Noon Report, good afternoon, I'm Sarah Elise. Breaking now, no arrests have been made yet, but police are saying they're looking for a person of interest after a custodian found multiple bullets in a parking lot at Ross High School. Our own Matt Reese got the details. There were no threats, no notes, just an older guy who apparently left six unfired bullets at the main entrance to Ross High School's event center Sunday evening. What was the motive? What are you trying to accomplish? I mean, obviously school was out on a Sunday evening. Ross Township Police Chief Burton Roberts says the man was driving a light-colored Chevy Trailblazer, but they can't read the license plate from surveillance. We really do need a community help. Somebody has to know who this person is, identify this person somehow, or at least the vehicle and point us in the right direction. So that's what we're hoping. I'm Matt Reese, News Radio 700 WLW. And that's going to check in on your traffic and weather together. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health has been delivering heart care to Cincinnati for over 200 years by translating the latest science into personalized treatments. Learn more at uchealth.com. Just heard a dispatch for an accident eastbound 275 near Loveland. I'm not seeing a huge delay there as of yet. Traffic elsewhere? In decent shape. No delays at all north or southbound 75 approaching the brand Spence. Chuck Ingram, News Radio 700 WLW. Now, the latest forecast from the Advanced Dentistry Weather Center. Advanced Dentistry. It's true. A no fear dentist experience is possible. Learn more at nofeardentist.com. Today for your Wednesday, it's a cloudy, warm, and windy day with a high of 71. Storms are likely for the afternoon and going into the evening. Those storms, though, are going to be fading by midnight and will stay pretty mild at 59 degrees tonight. Tomorrow for your Thursday, it's going to be another warm and windy day with a high of 57. It's now 58 degrees here in Cincinnati. A wind advisory is now in effect for the entire tri-state. The National Weather Service says gusts of up to 50 miles an hour are possible until tomorrow morning. And the father of Caitlin Markham has waited 11 and a half years to find out who killed his daughter and says if he has to wait another 11 and a half, so be it. However, now he's feeling encouraged that the latest developments in that case could finally be the breakthrough that his family has been hoping and praying for. We've had a lot of ups and downs that it's really hard to take anything, you know, fully for granted. Um, but I do believe this is a this is a great step. Um, at least they've actually taken some legal action on somebody. So it's encouraging very much.
Dave Markham was on with our own Scott Sloan the other day. Five-year-old John Palmerton, a former friend of Caitlin's fiance, was indicted last Friday for lying to police during the investigation. He was in court this morning for arraignment and pled not guilty. His bond has now been set at $50,000, and he'll be back in court on March 31st. Excessive speed and impairment appear to be factors in a single vehicle crash that seriously hurt a driver in Cincinnati. The incident happened at around midnight on Martin Luther King Drive, and police are saying that a woman drove off an embankment, lost control, and landed about 15 feet onto the street below. 39-year-old Latanya Guess is now recovering at UC's medical center. And officials say one Bengals player is not receiving any sort of special treatment. Our own Brian Combs has details. The Cincinnati Police Department initially said the charge against Joe Mixon was dismissed because he was a high-profile individual. The case was supposed to be submitted to a supervisor for review. Chief Teresa Thiege says it's standard procedure in any case that attracts a great deal of media attention. And she denies the Bengals running backs getting special treatment. She tells the Inquirer all cases are investigated the same way and there are not different rules for celebrities than there are for the general public. A woman says Mixon pulled a gun on her and threatened her after a road rage incident near the Bengals Stadium back in January. And while the charge was initially dropped, the chief says it could be refiled by the city prosecutor who is reviewing new evidence uncovered by police. I'm Brian Combs, News Radio 700 WLW. And if you're looking for a new job or know someone who is, the Cincinnati Reds want to add to their team for the upcoming season. That job fair is taking place this upcoming Saturday, the 25th, from 9 to 1 inside the Bally Sports Club at the ballpark. Officials say positions available include ushers, elevator operators, ticket takers, and so much more. Those interested must be at least 18 years old to apply, but more information can be found on the Reds' website. Getting a check on Wall Street, the Dow is now up 30, NASDAQ is up 13, the S&P 500 is now up 2. It's now 12.05, our next update here is at 12.30. I'm Sarah Elise on News Radio 700 WLW. This report is sponsored by Apollo Home, your source for plumbing, heating, and air, and electrical. Is something wrong with your toilet? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.